welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Hello, sisters. Welcome to this the, week's episode. So Thank happy you. to be here. I've in, provided in Dr. Episode. <laughs> I've provided Diet Dr. Peppers for two of us. Taylor, I would provide you one. Oh, here's mine. Where you could have... You could have sent it to me. You could have prepared. Sydney, you could have planned in advance. <laughs> shipped it to you ahead of time. You don't a think about me until I'm in front of your face. Drink this. At this exact <laughs> At time this exact on moment. this day. Do not drink it sooner. Do not open this. It hmm. will be flat. Do you, would, I mean, do you want a Diet Dr. Pepper? No, I have coffee and wine right now, so I'm good. Okay. I'm, I think I'm better, actually, than I would have been with a Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's that's basically what Diet Dr. Pepper is. It's a mixture of coffee and wine. So if I just gather in my glasses right now, I, all right. Uh, are you mixing those? Because I don't know about that mix. Well, not like at once. Not like in my mouth, <laughs> but like in, in my tummy. Just like pouring them in at one time, like one in each hand. <laughs> the uh, one time I uh, was, it was when I was dating Justin, and we drank a bunch of coffee right before we went out together and then we had a beer and I had made it like halfway through my beer and I was not feeling great because yeah. coffee and beer. Well, yeah, that means that that's like common sense. That that was bad. So yeah. I had to go sit down outside on the sidewalk so that I didn't, you know, hurl. And <laughs> I wasn't, uh-huh. I was, I'm not, this is not like I wasn't drunk or anything. It was just like coffee belly and coffee know, belly coffee, coffee belly, belly you know. and justin came out and sat down next to me and put his arm around me and i still remember that moment as the moment i knew i loved him what there's that story <laughs> that came out of nowhere that's sweet sitting on the sidewalk in front of sharky's he had his arm around me and i had a belly full of coffee. Uh, I, I used coffee to drink belly. a lot of cream in my coffee and he really Ugh. did I know. And he made it for me. And so it was like a really creamy, tasty coffee and then just a little bit of beer. And it was like, whoa, no. And I still remember thinking, I love this man. <laughs> he even loves my coffee belly. So there's that. Well, that's that's Thanks, sweet. Sid. Sorry. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. Just, I don't know. We're not talking about coffee belly this week. No. Not coffee belly. Not sharkies. Not Justin. Not dates. <laughs> not love. Nothing of the sort. No. Uh, but... Then work on that transition. I know I can. I can't come up with anything. Uh, So hey, hey guys, we gotta get this rolling because I gotta go to work in a few hours. Oh, speaking of work, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Softball that one to you, just right under. Thank you, thank you. That was good. I I had I didn't have anything. I was I don't know. Sorry, I just these stories they just come out and and I know and then I don't have any transitions. But work. Where Taylor will go. I will not go today. I don't work today. I don't either. It's Sunday. This is sort of work. I mean. For you. We're no, at yeah. work. This is my work. This oh. is like the job. The only job you have. This is my job. This the is the job only job I have. ever had, really. Jeez, uh, Riley. You gonna start pulling your weight or? I what? live at home still. <laughs> I don't got a lot of weight to pull. Well, you don't eat? You don't have a bedroom there? You don't use water? You don't use electricity? Do Come mom on. and dad make me pay for water, Sydney? Every uh, time I fill up a glass of water, they're like, all right, that's a dollar. Mom, pay up. I mean, I don't think a glass of water costs a dollar, but... Does, it doesn't cost anything, Sydney. I live at home. It's water. Listen, there's a lot you take for granted. Someday you'll be a parent and you will understand. I mean, maybe. Someday maybe you'll be a parent. Uh-huh. And then uh, you'll understand that that is true, though. Like you know, I I'm I, I live alone, but well, I have a roommate. But like when they, when you start really understanding that, like, well, if I sit in the dark, <laughs> we'll have to pay less money at the end of the month. That's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. You start really picking apart what you know the things you used to take a, take for granted there. That really is true. Justin's become the dad who's always turning down the thermostat now. Oh, yes, I know. And it sucks because I keep like thinking, why am I freezing again? Like I got the house warm. Everything was okay. And I'm like, I'm not walking around in shorts and a t-shirt and expecting to be warm. Like I'm bundled up and still freezing. And I go check and the thermostat's at 68. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what is this all about? Yeah, (laughs) please. It's the wind chill was six degrees yesterday. I know. Six degrees outside. I had to go out and get gas and nine volt batteries. 
Okay. I had to stand out in the cold and get gas in six degree weather. Oh no, your life is so hard. She had to oh she had to gas up the Lexus. Oh man. <laughs> That's as old as I am. And only kind of works. Yeah, I, so, I Okay. So jobs. Yeah. I uh I have one now. Wow, do you? Yeah. I never would have guessed. I have I have a job now. I didn't uh, back in high school, I, I really didn't have a lot of jobs. Um, I didn't want one. I, <laughs> <laughs> what, did that change at some point? Because I've never wanted a job and I've had like 20. <laughs> I I mean, I guess it did because I paid a lot of money to like do the job. Not this job, not podcast job, but like my doctor job. I paid a lot of money to do that. So I guess I, I guess I must have wanted it, right? Yeah. When I did. I did want it. I, I do want it. I like my job now. I mean, you, know. you like save lives. So. Well, thank you, Riley. <laughs> I guess I guess I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> now that you mentioned <laughs> it. I just meant that's the literal point of your job. Now that you, I mean, you're, you know, okay, I don't like to think of myself I, as a hero. <laughs> I give people tacos and beer. So that's saving a life sometimes, too, I think. And I give people enjoyment in their ears. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, Tay, people probably leave after after you have done your job for them. People probably leave a lot happier than after <laughs> I've done my job. So. Except that sometimes my job leads to your job. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> this is a plot. <laughs> My sister and I have, have a nefarious <laughs> plot that we've hatched. I make you sick and she makes you well. And we get the money. <laughs> I'm not a part of this plan. <laughs> well, you, you just distract them with chuckles. It's an excellent plan. <laughs> uh, you can show them where all the cool YouTube videos are. Yeah, you can show them my YouTube videos. They're all yeah. in the smurls of Mr. Tango. But I was back uh, when we were younger, there weren't our parents kind of had and and Taylor, I think you can back me up on this. They didn't they didn't make us get jobs. Certainly. Um, They basically said, like, you live here, you know, so we'll give you food (laughs) and clothing and shelter and and, you know, whatnot protection from animals. Um, <laughs> they protection us. from animals yes basic, the basic necessities of living <laughs> we will not charge you for protecting you from bears <laughs> the, 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 we the won't base, let the bears inside to eat you <laughs> the base of the triangle for maslow's hierarchy of needs like well, those were all taken care of yeah. by mom and dad yeah well, well and they put a very big emphasis too on our schooling like that was kind of the attitude your job is to do really really well in school and we yes. did so we did work hard at that <laughs> yes we did which yes. like we talked about this a little bit before the show but i've been thinking about it that saved them some money in the long run because what if their long-term goal was like you do really well in school now that's your job now so we don't have to pay for college later well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I tricked him on that one, huh? <laughs> I went to art school. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, you you got into a really nice school. That's yeah, not that's not something to feel bad about. No. I I mean, I guess in a sense that is true because part of my goal was to to get a scholarship, and and yeah. I did, and so, but the but a part of it for me was that I also knew I was going to rack up massive med school debt on my own someday. Mm which I did. Yeah. And so I wanted to I wanted to make college as inexpensive as I could through academics. Mm. So I'm going to be the favorite once I get a scholarship and go to college and don't have med school debt. Oh, look how cocky. Look how yeah. look how certain. Get free college. Remember that community service you got to get on over there. Hey now. Yeah, you uh-huh. got to get on that. Uh-huh. Started to go fund me. No, I, I there was not a huge stress on us to get jobs. Uh, unless I, I always knew kind of it was the unspoken unless I wanted a lot more stuff. I mean, I was not somebody I, I, I've never liked shopping very much. So I, I didn't go buy a lot of clothes. I kind of wore what mom got me for Christmas and <laughs> my birthday <laughs> like, <You did. laughs> and then back to school shopping. And that was just it. Like I just those were the things like mom got them for me. I figured that that was cool enough. I wore them. I was fine with it. and I, And I really didn't. I didn't go look for, th- I didn't want to go buy new things. Um, same thing with things like CDs or, you know, DVDs or whatever. 
I just didn't. a lot of CDs and DVDs now. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I, it wasn't something, but I knew that probably if I had wanted a lot of that stuff, mom and dad would have, would have said like, well, you know, Hey, go get a job. Um, well, but as long as I didn't, you know, now that that's true. Cause I, I was pretty much the same except for an, any anime fan out there understands that it comes with a, a, a horrifying need for stuff, um, <laughs> a love of anime. So when that, that kind of uh, became the reason that I did seek out jobs, and I had some summer jobs through through high school. Um, you they, did, yeah. They they were they were funny though. Uh, well, I was babysitter um, mm-hmm. for one summer, uh, but the kids were like pretty old. Like the kids were like I feel like nine and ten. They were like mm-hmm. right at that age that they probably didn't need a babysitter, so they just like chill out and watch tv in one room and i'd watch tv in the other room and i'd get paid for it <laughs> that's a good gig yeah, yeah th- they, i remember they liked to watch wings and so i got really into wings <laughs> for like a, a nine s- and ten year old who liked to watch wings i don't know we to sit around and watch wings and like I, that was that was my job it was not so bad <laughs> i never watched wings uh but my take on it was that it wasn't a show aimed at elementary school students not i don't for kids uh, I mean, not like bad, not like a racy show or anything. Not just not like, kids. yeah, not like that's not the intended audience. I the and I the only thing that I the takeaway I know that there was something about airplanes, but you can probably figure that out from the title. And I remember that <laughs> I think I think the actor is Stephen Weber. I remember he was dreamy, uh-huh. and I think I was the only like fifteen, sixteen year old girl in the late nineties to have a crush on Stephen Weber. <laughs> Oh, I bet there are a bunch of Wings fans who right, right now who are like, no, me too. <laughs> I feel you, girl. Me too. This is 2000s even. But yeah, yeah. I know, that's all I remember about that job. I I did the babysitting thing some mm-hmm. um, more just because I felt like it was one of those things you were supposed to do as a teenager. Like, well, now is the time I will babysit. I will mm-hmm. have this. And I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd read every Babysitter's Club book ever, so... It felt like an important... <laughs> felt right. It, it felt like something that needed to happen. Now I will babysit. Uh, and I still remember I had babysat just a few times, very short periods of time for the family that lived up the street from us that had four kids. Mm-hmm. So I would babysit for like not all of them at the same time usually and just for very short periods of time. Uh, I remember, and this may have been the last time I ever babysat, <laughs> actually... <laughs> I went, it's going to be a good story. I went Uh-oh. to their house one evening to babysit and it was all four of them. And it was like a parents were going out for the evening. So it was going to be a longer period of time. It was at night. I was, re- I was responsible for like dinner activities and like bathing and bed and like the whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I showed up and they said, we're just waiting for our friends to come. They're riding with us. And then their friends got there and the other couple also had four children Oh. That they were also having me babysit. Oh no! And there, I do not. I, I swear to you, I didn't know about this ahead of time. Instead of Kate plus eight, it was Sid plus eight. It was. I babysat <laughs> eight children. Now, to be fair, two of them were about your age, Tay. So, like, not now, not. Oh, uh, I was going. They were babysitting thirty-year-olds, and you were how old at the time? <laughs> they were only three years younger than me. So, like, they weren't. Like the the two oldest weren't that much, you know, but there were two babies involved in this scenario. Hmm. So anyway, I babysat eight children. Uh, I remember at one point thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to get all this food off the floor. Like there were so (laughs) many pieces of like toast crust and like cheese and things on the floor and noodles from mac and cheese. And I, I just remember thinking like this is. It was the longest night of my life. I don't think I ever babysat after that. But, mm. you know, that that's not really your fault because I was really good friends with one of the children in that family. And just I think it's just a byproduct of having that many kids around a certain age. There were always noodles everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just, just always. You stick your hand into the captain noodles. You go under the table, noodles, noodles everywhere. That, well, and, and now that I have a toddler, <laughs> I will tell you that I only have one there are still quite frequently noodles <laughs> everywhere. Like I remember at one point, uh, just a couple days ago, Charlie was, dig- we were sitting in, in a, in like, we have this big oversized armchair in our like kitchen, living room area. And we were sitting in it together and she was trying to dig under the pillow behind me. And I was like, honey, what are you, why do you, what are you doing? Why are you digging? What are you looking for? <laughs> she was like, oh, I'm getting the goldfish, mommy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know when this goldfish is from. I don't. <laughs> she just needed to get the goldfish. Stockpiles. Some like what? It's like in a toddler brain. You're like, I might need this for the long winter. Just, <laughs> just gonna stuff this under here. the couch cushions. Um, <laughs> it was a cracker, by the way. Just the goldfish cracker. Right, right. An actual living goldfish like that a, she had stuffed under. Yeah, not not a, a creature was not. Um, <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> that would that would be a really dark story. That would be an awful story. Um, I will say I did the babysitting thing too, but I only ever babysat for one family who had two kids. One was a little girl who was very chill and like nine and one and her little brother who is very not chill and like four. (laughs) Um, but babysitting now when there is YouTube and technology is so much easier (laughs) because it was a family that the mom always gave me like a list of rules and time. She was very organized whenever I would go to babysit. And she always said, I don't let them do much TV watching or video game playing during the week. And I always ever babysat on the weekends. So it was like, they're allowed to watch as much TV or play as much video games as they want, basically, as long as that's not the only thing they do for the entire evening, as long as they eat at some point. So it was like, that's all they wanted to do is watch like Minecraft videos on YouTube and play uh, Skylanders. So it was like just me sitting there watching them play Skylanders and watch YouTube videos and then like ah. popping a frozen pizza or some chicken nuggets and a salad. Well, not a salad in the oven, but putting those in the oven and making them a salad and then just putting it in front of them. That would have been so much easier because that, I, I remember, like, I still, I really think that must have been the last time I babysat because I still have images of that evening, like, <laughs> sitting in, like, piles of toys of various, like, age. I thought you were going to say piles of noodles. <laughs> piles of, there were so many noodles. Piles of toys all around me and, like, trying to play with one kid and then another kid's crying and then the older kids are trying to help as much as they could. And, like, the, and it was just, there was no TV. There was no I mean, we didn't even put on like a VHS tape or anything. It was just like playing, playing, playing. Everybody's yeah. screaming. Everyone is upset. I can't <laughs> please you all. I actually remember the movie I was watching right before I went to babysit them was um, the an old movie about the Titanic. <laughs> You're so cool. Like, a Night to Remember. Is that what it is? What is that old movie? Anyway, it's an old black and white movie about the Titanic. But I still remember like thinking like that was apt. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> See, I I don't know. I feel like what you're describing, just like a bunch of people like talking like incoherently and a big mess, and everybody needs that's just a regular night at the bar for me. Like that's I'm a professional <laughs> babysitter now. There are a lot of noodles at your bar. There are no noodles. It's, it's it gets much worse, and, and there's no wings. Like, I'm not watching wings to to balance it out. It's awful. toddlers are basically like drunk people. They are yes. <laughs> You have to keep them from hurting themselves. They're incoherent most of the time. But they're funny. Yeah. So so the uh, next time that like a mom is telling me how hard momming is, I can be like, I work at a bar. I get it. And that won't super <laughs> insult her. <laughs> I mean, maybe you don't want to put it that, but yeah. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, just checking. You know. Uh, now, I, I do remember like the... If I had wanted to get a job other than babysitting, mall jobs were very cool because then, like, you were at the mall, one. Let's go to the The mall today. (laughs) So you could be at the mall, which was inherently cool. And then you had access to, like, the mall food court, which was cool for, like, Uh lunch break. Uh And then, like, you saw other people there, like your friends who were shopping there and then as well as, like, the other people who worked there. And it was, like, Mm -hmm. this whole community that I felt like... Oh, if I was ever gonna get a job, I'd be a cool mall job mm-hmm. person. No, you know, did you ever have a job at the mall though, Sid? No, I never had a job <laughs> at the mall. Justin had, I think, every job in every store at the mall at some point in did his Justin life. Justin work at Claire's. Justin did not work at Claire's. It was the no. one store. Justin did not work. No. <laughs> See, now I worked at the mall for yes, a summer, <laughs> and that beautiful picture that you just painted is so so wrong. Uh, I worked at the, the mall food court at a pizza place. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a disgusting job. Uh, but I think my, my my favorite memory from that whole period was when I was going to the job or I go to the mall to try to find a job. And there were two places that had help wanted signs up. There was the pizza place and the Chinese food place. And I went to the pizza place first, dropped off or filled out an application. <laughs> Didn't have a resume at that point. Um, and then I went to the Chinese place and there was like one of the managers, like an older woman and then a young girl behind the counter. And I, I asked for, you know, a job. The lady went to the back to get me an application. 
And then the young teenage girl behind the counter just looked at me with absolute terror in her eyes and said, you don't want to work here. You don't want to work here. <laughs> and so I just said, okay, and wandered off <laughs> before the lady got back. Now, the bummer thing was, was I did get the job at the pizza place, which was right across from the Chinese place. So I just had to stare at that old lady all the oh, time. No. And she would just glare at me across the food court. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I was scared of you. And I think there was good reason for that. <laughs> Um, I will say I have always whenever I was like starting out high school and all my friends were getting jobs and I was not yet old enough to have a job. I was like, I'm a, I want a job when I turn 16 and can actually have a job. I'm yeah. going to work at the mall. You used to say that all the time that you're yeah. going to get a job as soon as you turn 16. Yeah. Um, I obviously did not follow through with that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is now my job. Uh-huh. Um, but nah. I always wanted to work at the mall. But the one thing that made me not want to work at the mall and it's hard about finding a job as a teenager at least in Huntington where we live uh the mall is kind of far away so like you have to uh, not far away but like it takes a solid 15-20 minutes to drive there <laughs> which is gas and then you have to drive back the look you're getting from your sister who's lived I in know. Brooklyn for so long is <laughs> it takes me but, to, I walked to work for 20 minutes like come on no but like okay okay I, ha- I would have to fill up a lot of gas to get up there and then get back and also go to school on the same day. Uh-huh. But working downtown is now. also school, 15 minutes away. School, which is like five minutes from your house. It's 10 minutes from my uh-huh. house. So uh, our standards for commuter are well, different here. I, I, mean, I, I was just trying to say to. there are two places in Huntington, basically, where you can work. And that's downtown in our, like eating and shopping area or at the mall yeah and, and you're not working at one of those two places you don't have anywhere to work yeah. these, a teenager. okay these are inconceivable distances to traverse to obtain a job <laughs> <laughs> okay just, just clear now, now riley i want to tell you uh at, about the the my worst commute which was when i worked at a coffee shop in rockefeller center and i lived way way out in brooklyn at the time and my call time was 5 45 in the morning because the trains would run so slow at those hours, I would get up at 3 a.m. to get to the train by like 3.30, and it would take me about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes to get to work. So I have no sympathy for you. <laughs> but were you a teenager? <laughs> I was like 21, 22. It so can, you were an adult. It still sucks, though. I mean, yeah, that still sucks. But like, well, you're I, living what, what in New changes? York and you're an adult. I'm living in Huntington and I'm 16. You have a Lexus. I was on <laughs> the, the L train. The amounts, of, <laughs> the amounts of time that are long for each of us living in our areas are different. No, uh, time does not change. <laughs> what? No. An hour and a half commute from here would put me in a different state. <laughs> yes. How well, lucky for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But still, it would be a long commute either way. I know that. But I'm saying, like, I would never get a job where the commute would be an hour and a half. There would be no job for me to get where the commute would be an hour and a half here. Well, I'm, well I mean, I don't know. Let's unless go, I apply for a job an hour, an hour and a half away. <laughs> we can okay, find you out all can that. just keep making what? fun of me. That's fine. You all just go ahead. <laughs> what is this line of reasoning even supposed to prove? I'm, I want to I, tell you all about the time I worked in the restaurant industry. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is this is good. Uh, I was a hostess once. Now I was out of high school, but not very much. I mean, I, I think I was uh, not. I was still a teenager. I think actually, technically, because I think I was eighteen or nineteen. So that this counts, right? Sure, counts as a teen job. So I was a hostess at one of our local restaurants, and I did it for I think just shy of a month. It was like three and a half weeks. (laughs) Um, I was very bad at it because it involves a lot of like smiling and banter and be, you know, like you, you say, hello, this is your table. You're not trying to impress anybody with your, with your wits there. (laughs) Well, people are waiting and they expect you to like talk to them and like be pleasant and welcoming. And I was not, (laughs) I was not naturally very good at that. Uh, and the other thing is that servers scared me because if you like, I, there was a rotation, right? Everybody had a section and you seated people in a rotation so that everybody got plenty of people in their sections. Well, this was a restaurant where there were booths and people 
freaking love booths. Everybody wants to sit in a booth. And so all of the, I would, I'd be taking people to their table and then they'd go, well, can I sit in a booth? And my instructions were to urge people to sit at tables, but don't say no. If they really want a booth, don't say no, put them in a booth. And so inevitably I would end up skipping the servers that didn't have booths in their section and they would get so mad and they would come up and be very mad at me and ask me why I was skipping them and what my problem was. And it was very scary for me to be like, I was instructed that by the managers that if they wanted a booth, I had to put them in. A I tried to tell them the table. I tried <laughs> and it See never that, worked. And I was uh, always being yelled at by servers. They never liked me and I hated it. Well, I mean... You know, it's it's funny because, see, I've experienced this from the other end of, like, being, like, a manager or a server and getting, you know, like, either destroyed by uh, a hostess that just keeps sitting, seating you. It's like, well, you're on the sidewalk and everyone wants to be on the sidewalk, like, or the opposite of that. And, you know, there's always this conversation happening between, like, management and servers, like, she can't even do this one job, put people at tables. What on earth can this person achieve in life? And you're a doctor. And that's just like, come on. It's hard. It's hard when the, the patrons are asking for a certain thing. And like, you, and that was the thing. Like, can, I asked, can I just tell them no? No. Okay. Well, I don't know what to say. So I would try to like sell it. Like, you're going to get really quick service in this section because no one wants to sit here. <laughs> That's, yeah. Great. But our tables are so nice. The wood was handcrafted by They're carpenters that live down the street and <laughs> we carry the tables because they're too good to ship in cars i don't know just please sit here so the servers don't yell at me oh, <laughs> they get so angry i was really bad at it and i i took the job knowing that in in a month i had to go on this research trip where i lived on a boat on the ohio river for another month or so and so i took the job knowing that i was about to do that and uh i so I told my manager, like, I will be leaving at this time. But they wanted me to come back for whatever reason when I was done with the research you just trip. never came back? So I, I came back, <laughs> and they knew when I was coming back because, like, I had had a message, like, hey, let us know when you want to start putting you on the schedule again. And I didn't know how to say, like, I so don't ever want to go. I can't. Like, my soul had been freed on the Ohio River, and I could not go back to the shackles of hostessing. And so, <laughs> so I called my manager and said... I have decided to live on a boat. I live on a riverboat. I won't be back. You you lied and told them that you were forever living on a riverboat? Yes, I did. Did you avoid going you, to that restaurant for several months? It was years before I have been. I still, to this day, have only been to that restaurant maybe two or three times. Do you still think the same manager works there, Sydney? No, actually, I know for a fact that they don't because I've talked to people since then. They don't. There were, there, there were like, it was like one of those deals where there are like three managers who shared mm -hmm. the... Anyway, none of them work there anymore, but... It was. It's still scary. <laughs> That's wow. You know, but you know, you, you should you should uh, feel good about the fact that you were um, you were a hostess. I don't know. Maybe this isn't true uh, outside of New York, but like there are certain archetypes for certain jobs. And what I will say, like that job can actually be very difficult, especially when you have like very tight windows of seatings. Yeah, I'm not trying to underplay the job, but in New York, it's like. They're, you know, servers, yeah, you got to be quick. You got to be able to multitask, la, la, la. But to be a hostess, you have to be able to do all this stuff. But you also need to be some, like, tall, beautiful goddess. <laughs> like, it is, the, it is the face of the restaurant. And so it's just like hostesses are just these beautiful gazelles that walk around oh. between us. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> that is a hostess. <laughs> a wild hostess has appeared. I know. You can tell they have very expensive shoes and a vacant look in their eyes. <laughs> I, I did feel I did feel a little outclassed by my fellow hostesses. I do remember wow. that that feeling like, wow, there's some nice looking people <laughs> working up here. <laughs> and it was it was kind of also inherently sexist because there were no hosts when I worked there. I mean, there might be now. I don't know. The restaurant I may have changed. I don't think there are. I, thought, I know what restaurant you're talking about. I don't think there are. They were all hostesses. Like the yeah. cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the one thing, and uh, I urge everybody to have a job in food service at some time in their life, as much as they can or cannot fit with people. Um, I entered food service as probably equally as, as awkward as you were, Sid, at the time mm -hmm. for my first job. But it will teach you in time how to 
like break yourself of that awkwardness those like inability to have small talk you know how to like talk people into things without like using language that's aggressive or anything like you actually learn really good social skills that most humans are probably born with but genetically we are not (laughs) (laughs) you will learn them over time maybe i should have tried longer maybe i would have benefited from those skills now I mean, now you're a doctor, so that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you, you, you just jumped right ahead. Don't worry about it now. <laughs> I mean, I'm good at talking. I'm, I can talk to the people I take care of. I think, like, I, I feel like I do. I enjoy. I mean, it. you probably have to talk to them at some point. Yeah, I do. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> now they start trying to make small talk with you, and you're like, "I live on a boat," and you just leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's my defense forever. <laughs> No, I just, I, I, I will say that I do remember, and even back in high school, I always had this image, though, and, and being a hostess reinforced it, that my friends who got jobs in the restaurant industry, especially servers, I always thought were inherently, like, cooler and maybe, like, a little, like, dangerous. Like, like don't mess with the server. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> I... Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Anthony Bourdain's books and he talks about like people in the food service industry and it's like they're all this is what like this is what, these are people that should have like been like horse thieves and pirates in the past like well they don't have an industry anymore so now they work in restaurants and they make your food I think it's true it's just like this is the most fun people and also the most terrifying people in some cases they're scary if you cross them <laughs> Um, I think I think the main difference between teen jobs now and teen jobs when you were getting teen jobs um, is that a lot of teens can find jobs on the internet where they don't have to leave their house and can just like either <laughs> either make things and sell them through like Etsy or other places like that or be on YouTube and make money from that or mm-hmm. do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like those are jobs that you I mean, you don't have to leave your house and you make money and you you know do, now do you have other than yourself do you have friends who make like no. who make money doing that no i mean i don't know people personally that do that but mm-hmm. i mean i am aware of like online uh, personalities and presence uh that sure are teenagers my age that are making a lot of money or even younger yeah or younger making a lot of money that i mean because i guess you can do that just playing like you mentioned minecraft like mm-hmm. that's a i'm a, i'm imagining there are a lot of teenagers who who do yeah. that yeah there are also a lot of like 12 year old little boys who um like are on the app musically mm-hmm. and and just mouth the lyrics to songs and i guess become very popular and make a lot of money like millions of dollars a year what? or like write their own raps and then put out a video on youtube of them rapping and make like millions of dollars a year really yeah I'm talking about two specific people that I know about online. A lot of people like to make fun of, but like they're making bank. So, you know, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I, I know that you can make videos where you open toys. Um, those are literally some of the most popular videos on YouTube, along with people like dressing up like Spider-Man and Elsa and dancing. Anything. Anything. Yeah. No, I've, I unfortunately, because of Charlie, have found some of these videos. Okay, can you, Riley, I need you to answer. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. There is a trope in internet, like in YouTube videos that I have noticed of it's like Disney princesses and superheroes. Uh-huh. Okay. They're hanging out, do, doing whatever. Like there's no, I don't, it, they could just be like sitting around having a picnic. It doesn't yeah. matter. And Batman shows up with pizza. Now, is this a thing <laughs> that I'm not aware of? Like, I've seen multiple videos in which there there's, like, Spider-Man and, like, Elsa. Like, there's yeah. always Spider-Man and Elsa. They're always there. And then yeah. they're friends. And then Batman pulls up and is like, pizza. Now, and everybody's like, Batman brought pizza. Why does Batman bring pizza? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the association between Batman and pizza and YouTube videos? I know that you're, you're asking this question, um both seriously and jokingly because like i obviously don't know the real answer why batman always brings pizza (laughs) but there there actually is a very serious answer why those videos are so popular now and also like unboxing toys why um youtube actually has changed recently the way it 
uh, suggest videos to people. And a lot of like popular YouTubers I watch have been talking about it. That's how I know about it. They've been like losing subscribers and losing views and not making as much money um, because they've changed the way that people are suggested videos. And because so many little kids are watching videos now, and like I've seen Charlie watch his unboxing videos. I Lord, know. You open up the surprise things, you know, what's going to be inside. Those like, eggs. So, yeah. Those get literally hundreds of millions of views. Yeah. And like that is making a ton of money. But it's because kids like watching those videos and kids won't click out of videos. It's like you put down a 15-minute video for kids. They won't click out of it. They're watching a full 15-minute video and all they're searching for is Elsa, Spider-Man, Frozen, Toys, Unboxing. So you put those in your tags and that's what's suggested for you. So that's what automatically gets suggested on the side of your videos and the autoplay makes it so you keep playing those how, videos over and over again. How did so it changed it changed its like algorithm the way it suggests videos. So instead uh-huh. of suggesting videos like from the same person or like uh, from the same realm or something, it's suggesting like, oh, you just watched a fifteen minute long video of unboxing toys here's a video of Elsa because this person tagged their video with Elsa toys unboxing. This person did an unboxing video of Elsa toys. Like those are the videos that are getting all the views because I click out of videos that are too long, but you, the YouTubers make more money if you watch their full length video instead of clicking out of it halfway through. I gotcha. Um, so little, I mean, Charlie's obviously not going to exit a video. No, she, she will. And that's the thing. Like I, I I do want to stress, for any other parents who are right now going, you let her watch what? I don't start with these <laughs> videos. Like I don't, I don't pull them up. What Charlie saw the Trolls movie. She is obsessed with anything that has to do with the Trolls yeah. movie is not out yet, so I cannot access the movie. Right. But there are like video clips of it. Like yeah. you can watch music videos of it on you know, and then trailers. I have seen every language trailer for mm-hmm. Trolls. I have seen every language trailer for Moana. Mm-hmm. I have watched every video on YouTube that is legally accessible that has Trolls or Moana in it. Mm-hmm. And what inevitably that leads down the YouTube rabbit hole to is... Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you're Adults searching, pretending to be troll yeah. dolls acting out scenes from Trolls. You're searching for Trolls clips. So you search Trolls and instead of getting just trolls clips you're getting people acting out like trolls and that's the videos that they're suggesting to you and those I, videos i walked funny. in i had like like i had to go pee and i left charlie <laughs> watching trolls music video and i leave the room for five minutes i come back in and she is watching an adult an adult with like two little troll dolls and they're talking to each other and the one's like but if I'm allergic to my clothes, what am I going to wear for the night? I'm like, whoa, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but that, I, I, I think there is like, it's like, a, it's like all roads lead to Rome. I think with YouTube, all roads lead to like some horrible spooky, no, you don't want to go there. Like yeah, no matter where yeah. you start on the outside, no matter how innocent a thing you start with, <laughs> if you let that keep going with suggested videos, you will end up in a dark place. Uh-huh. And we've all gone there like willingly, like, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> I found myself the other night, actually, I'm going to be really honest that we're talking about this. Um, it was like the night before school started after Christmas break and my sleep schedule was all off. I was like, I can't fall asleep at 11 o'clock. I need, need to watch something uh, really quick. And then I got started somehow watching like four minute documentaries on this one channel that puts out documentaries about people they think are like unusual or interesting. Uh-huh. And I was up until 2.30 in the morning watching four minute mini documentaries about various well, people with either various like conditions or something that was abnormal. <laughs> and it was very weird but i couldn't stop well th- i mean that's not as bad as like when as you naked get to trolls that, yeah the, as yeah. naked troll dolls yeah. like that's not nowhere as bad as naked troll which uh. like are just trolls <laughs> those back in the day used to just be troll dolls just trolls <laughs> they were all naked they had the little remember they had the little jewels on their belly yeah but they and then they had the ones that came out with clothes on them but so now it's bad when they're naked now trolls. it's bad when they're naked why do we have like they were just in the naked state naturally i thought but you know they always did or have cats. like weird. They had weird butts though. They did have weird butts, right? All like, right, guys, we were talking like very about- detailed. <laughs> guys, we were talking about jobs, and now we're talking about troll butts. <laughs> well, we just went on a YouTube slide. <laughs> that's that's what happened. We just went down a YouTube rabbit hole verbally. <laughs> we did. That's well, and that's how you that ah, and people are making money. That that's the thing to do. Ah, yes. I, I watched YouTube videos for a, quite a while before Justin fully explained to me that people were making money off yes. this. I used to think he was joking. No. People people make 
so much money. Like, can you imagine? Yes, you're spending uh, hundreds of dollars on 30 Kinder surprise eggs, but then you open those in front of a camera. It doesn't matter if it's 45 minutes long. Little kids will watch that whole video and it gets like 75 million views and then you make like millions of dollars. I don't understand. That's so insane to me. Why Why didn't we have something like this when we were kids, Sid? I don't know. There was nothing. I mean, it really like... I can't, I can't think of a, of a corollary of a way at, at when we were younger, if we had wanted from the comfort of our own home to make a ton of money. I mean, like scams. I had... Huh? Scams. 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 <laughs> we would have had to run some sort of scam. No, I mean, like, seriously, I, I had a lemonade stand. Did you have a lemonade stand? Mm-hmm. I did. I, that I never thought job? that was a real thing. I always thought that was like a fake, like movie, movie trope. Yeah, I don't know if you'll remember this, uh, Taylor, but my friend Julie and I built a lemonade stand. I remember that, and we we had it like we built it in her garage. I am like hammers and nails and wood and like old school built a lemonade stand and sold lemonade in like there was like a vacant lot right in the middle of our street mm-hmm. where we grew up, mm-hmm. and we like set it up there and sold lemonade there. And I think, if I remember correctly, we stored... I don't know how many days we, we actually did it before we would store it, like in the woods that were adjacent to the vacant lot because we wanted to drag it all the way back to her house. I thought you meant the lemonade. No, just like the stand. And uh, one of the other kids who lived on the street totally thrashed it one night oh, when it was... no. Stored. I remember we, that. Yeah. yeah, we came back the next morning and found it just like destroyed. How much money did you make off that lemonade stand? <clears throat> oh, I don't remember. Not, 50 not cents. much. Yeah, Mom I mean, and dad it, each bought one glass. That, that was probably it, like our parents buying some lemonade. Yeah, we did that, though. The, the only technology-based job that I, I ever had, I think, was when I was, I mean, I was like 17 years old. And uh, this is so silly now in retrospect, but um, there was like a design company that uh, our, our dad's business worked with right, or something or, was, or knew somebody that owned it. Mm-hmm. Anyway... They did like billboards and stuff and I was brought in to train them a couple times a week for a while on Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) So I would go in and like, this is how you make a text bubble. Like, this is how you select something. This is blue like I, it was the most basic stuff but you know like uh, that that you know that just the younger generation sort of getting a jump on the technology and making millions i did that in my own teeny tiny way there you go <laughs> well there was definitely room for that in our generation i just i never figured out how to no to but, tap into it riley do you feel like the the youtube thing is that is that a is there a bubble there is there like a sense that the people that got in the beginning and started making these channels, like they're the YouTube celebrities, so to speak, or is it something where people can get famous and get rich off of this, this still like, is I there mean, not- I think it was easier probably to get into it when all of the people that like are famous f- through YouTube now did, because like now they're adults and they were adults when YouTube first started and they've been making videos for like 10 years. Um, so it was easier for them when no one was making videos to start making videos and become really popular. Um, but I mean, I think it's it's definitely possible now to start out because I mean, I watch people on there that are 18 years old, 17 years old. So obviously they weren't making videos 10 years ago and they're <laughs> they're popular and famous. So, I mean, I think it's harder now. And a lot of people my age probably think it's impossible to do and like super hard. So they wouldn't even try. But I think if you like work at it, I I think it's definitely possible to be where all those popular people are. I, f- I feel like there's also a degree of like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say luck, but it's a little bit of luck and then a little bit of being really plugged in to yeah. like trends and like wh- what direction culture it's going. I because say, if you can tap yeah. into what the next weird, quirky meme, mm-hmm. whatever right. thing is going to just happen, if you can be just one, one little step ahead of that, yeah. you could be you know, yeah. the big celebrity in that arena. But it's, I, I don't know. I've never been plugged in enough to our popular culture to yeah. to predict things like no, that. No, for sure. I would say that every super popular YouTuber had in their area had one video that they put out that was like super popular and got more views than they'd ever gotten and got them so many subscribers. And it was that one video that they did on that one topic that like 
either they are a gaming channel and they played a game that no one had ever heard of and then right after they played it it blew up and everyone was playing it yeah so everyone went to their channel to see like you know that this is who started it or some trend or challenge and this was the first person to do it and it blew up like everyone had one video that was their area that yeah. was super popular no one had ever done before and it just got them all of their subscribers and then people keep coming back to the same person to see you know like those princess, those princess standoff showdowns, whatever. <laughs> yeah, princess. Charlie rap loves those things. Yeah, um, that that's also true. She adores the princess parody of Shake It Off, mm-hmm. and I know. she keeps demanding a trolls Shake It Off. Oh no, which does <laughs> that does not exist. But that you is know not a it thing. Will. But I hey, keep somebody looking, out there. I know somebody out there is gonna. I know. Like I could when she asked me for it, I thought, well, it's probably probably. I mean, probably. Yeah. Not yet. It will be there. Yeah. That was like the other day she was very upset and wanted to hear Shake It Off. So I, by mistake, turned on just regular Shake It Off. And then she got very mad and said, this is wrong. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you want. You, you know, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of surprised that doesn't exist, the, the Troll Shake It Off, because mm-hmm. that's one of my great joys of YouTube is that like when I have a weird thought, like, you know what I want to see? Like, I just go on YouTube and like, somebody's done this. I watched my cat yawn not too long ago. And I thought, I I bet there's a thing out there oh, no. where somebody has dubbed <laughs> in screaming over oh, cats no. yawning. <laughs> I want to see I that. Watch that. <laughs> I, went to, I went to YouTube and just typed in, like, cats screaming while yawning or something like that. And then somebody put together a great video of all these cats yawning going, ah, ah. Like, this is wonderful. <laughs> Um, I, one other question I had Riley about like back in our day versus now. And I think that this is even something that like, if you go back a generation before Taylor and I has changed even more drastically. I, we have said mom and dad didn't put a ton of pressure on us to get a job. Like if we, if we had wanted a bunch more stuff, I think they would have expected like, well, get a job so you can buy Mm it. Um, but it wasn't like, a you're 16 now, you should get a job just because. Like, there was yeah. no, like, this is just what the response... And I'm I'm certain that there are people who had different experiences. I feel like part of it is a shift, though, that uh, a lot of my friends didn't necessarily have that same pressure from their parents, but I think our parents did have that pressure. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, like, mom and dad were both lifeguards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was... How they, which was, like, yeah, that's how they met. Well, <laughs> him hanging out at the pool, I think, when yeah. she was lifeguard. But, like, and that was, by the way, I think, if we're talking about cool summer jobs. That was probably the cool summer the job. The coolest job. Yeah. I always wished I could have been a lifeguard. Like, I was, I was of the time where, like, I could be a lifeguard. That would have been the coolest. But I, I feel like there was a lot of pressure on them to have jobs, like, just because it's the responsible thing to do now. You're mm-hmm. old enough. You should do it. And then in our generation, it was like, well, I mean, you could. Yeah, if you want things, go get a job. Do you think that that has continued to lessen, like, the pressure on people your age to get mm-hmm. a job just because? I mean... I will say all of my friends, at least I can't speak for all people my age, obviously, but everyone I am close to uh, has never said my parents are making me get a job. Like none of them have parents that if they were like, I want to go see a movie with friends, I need like $15. Their parents would be like, no, get a job. Get your own $15. (laughs) You can't go out and see movies with friends. Like all of them have parents that- A long haul to get to that movie. (laughs) I know. Uh, all of them have parents that like would buy clothes for them back to school shopping and would buy them something if they saw it and were like, oh, I want that or pay for them to go out with their friends. But also all of my friends at least don't like asking their parents for money a lot. So they feel bad. So either like they won't go out with people as much. Like if we want to go out and do something that would cost money, they're like, no, let's do something like go to someone's house instead mm-hmm. or they will only like get clothes like back to school shopping and birthdays and Christmas and they won't ask for things during the year just because they feel bad asking their parents for money. Um, and that's why about half my friends have jobs that pay them just because they want the freedom to do what they want with their money. They don't want to feel like my parents give me money, but I can only do with it what they allow me to do with it. So now mm-hmm. they feel like I have my own money. I can do whatever I want with it. It's it's a really interesting shift though because that, that kind of echoes that like the idea, I mean, because I think dad was very much somebody who I believe our grandparents, his parents looked at him and were like, you you know, you should get a job. Like, that's the responsible thing to do now. You're yeah. old enough. For you sure. should have a job. Not just so you'll have spending money to, you know, go out with your friends or go out on a date or mm-hmm. whatever, buy things for yourself. But also because, like, this is, you're entering into adulthood now. You're old enough to 
to do that. And I think that our expectation of when uh, quote unquote adulthood starts, mm-hmm. I think it has gotten older over time, you know? And yeah. so now at 16, those sort of like inherent responsibilities of adulthood, I don't think we have, no. you know, we don't, we don't expect that of you yet no. now, you know, we will eventually, but it, that age has gotten yeah. higher. I mean, mom and dad have always told me basically school is your job while you're here. You don't have to pay for anything necessary. We'll pay for your food. We'll pay for your clothes and where you live and things like that. Anything you need for school. Um, I mean, while you're living here, you don't have to worry about that. Once yeah. you move out is when you need to worry about getting a job and having money. Hmm. I wonder if that's bad. <laughs> well, I think it just goes hand in hand with so much more of an emphasis on going to college. I mean, yeah, in dad's generation, true. yeah, like it, not everybody went to college. And so if you're getting a job at 16, well, you're going to enter the workforce anyway when you're 18, 19 years old. You're just kind of getting a jump on it. So it's Fair. like now there's such an assumption there's uh, that you're going to go to college that it's like, oh, okay, why would you get a, uh, you know, a retail job and then you're going to need to quit it because you're going to go off to school in a year. Like, I think it's right. less of a, it's it just kind of, yeah, I think you're right though, Sid. It just rolls back that, that start period on your quote unquote adult life by a couple of years. So maybe mm-hmm. that's just why there's not an emphasis on it. The, the way dad has explained it to me before, because dad and I have talked about this before, mom, dad and I have all talked about it. Dad has said before that, he had that pressure on him to get a job when he was 16 or 17 or in high school and was old enough to get a job. And when he got older, it was like his generation felt like we had this pressure to get a job. We don't want our kids to feel that way. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to be able to like do what they want and not have to worry about getting a job or feel that pressure. So they didn't make their kids get jobs. So it was like, you know, our grandparents generation all had to get jobs and were forced to get jobs. They made their kids get jobs. But as our parents' generation got older, they were like, we were forced to get jobs, but we don't want our kids to have to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, you know, loan them money and, you know, not worry about making them pay for things that they want. And it's it's hard. I mean, certainly there's probably a balance in there somewhere um, yeah. where, I mean, I feel like mom and dad taught me a really strong work ethic. Yeah. Like, you know, you both mentioned that, too, despite the fact that they didn't demand that we get job jobs and school was our job right but we always had to have like a strong work ethic when it came to school like always mm-hmm. doing homework on time and attending school and and, and when it came to stuff. the time of my life that i entered the job world that i entered the workforce i was not i did not feel unprepared for the demands of that mm-hmm. i did not feel like oh all of a sudden i have to be somewhere on time and there are certain rules i have to follow and i have a boss like none of that was overwhelming to me mm-hmm. um I, any more so than i you know i think it would have been if i had had like a job at 16 that prepared me for it i, I was yeah. ready for that i knew that that was coming i was ready to respond to those demands i was ready to work as hard as i needed to i i don't know i feel like that there's a way to do that without saying like you're 16 you have to get a job because yeah Right. Well, no, that, I mean, it's it's about learning how to work towards what you want to achieve, not necessarily just, you know, how to make money. And that's what no matter what mm-hmm. we were working towards what we wanted to achieve, whether we were employed or not in high school. That's a really good way of putting it, too. That's a really good point to working towards kind of your career, your like life goals, whatever that is going to be, as opposed to just like this is how you make money. Yeah. Um, which both are fine. But I think it's about figuring out what works best for you. I, I imagine some of your friends you've mentioned who said, you know what, I want to have a job because I like to have my own disposable income. I mm-hmm. like to have that power. I like to have that ability would feel very differently about this conversation. But that's a good thing yeah. that you have the freedom to, you know, if you want to get a job, if you don't want to go to college, if you want to work straight out of high school, that's that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. If um, you want to be able to go to college, like like I definitely knew I wanted to. Right. Mom and dad made sure I had the tools to do that. So. Yeah. Right. I would say it's just a difference. I mean, again, my friends would probably say they it's impossible to get jobs and what they want to do when they're older around here. Um, so they're getting jobs to make money. But for me, uh, I have a job that's kind of in an area that I'm interested in. So for me, it's I want to find jobs that I can do that are related to what I want to do when I'm older. I'm not mm-hmm. just getting a job to make money because I don't have to worry about having money that I need to spend because mom and dad will take care of it for me. I'm just getting jobs so I can know what I want to do when I'm an mm-hmm. adult. Well, and I think that's that distinction between working towards like, you know, the things you want to do when you get older and then just making money is important because like even now, I mean, I, I, I'm an illustrator, 
a lot of the time, I mean, I have set a regimented schedule for myself where these are the hours that I sit down and I draw. And a lot of times it's personal work that I would never get paid for. But treating it with with the approach that I treat my jobs that pay mm-hmm. is actually it because it is just because you are or not making a living off of it. You know, the things you want to do with your life, you should learning the skills and how to treat that like a job are really important and giving them the respect that you give the things that you get a paycheck for. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the one thing that's kind of hard for my generation, at least, is if they aren't making money off of it right now, like it's something like they want to be a writer. So they're writing like at home that they're not making money off of it, obviously, at 16 or they want to, I don't know, do something on the Internet, but they're not making money off of it yet. They won't dedicate the time to it because they're like, well, why bother? I can just go get a job. It's not what I want to do, but I'm making money off of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that's hard when you're a teenager and also living in the time we live in now because it's not you're not accessible to something you want right now. So you're not going to do it if you're not making money off of it immediately. And and that's, I totally get that. But to anyone in that situation, it only gets harder. Yeah. <laughs> there was a really good Onion article that was titled like, do what you want on nights and weekends. <laughs> like. <laughs> It it is. No, I mean, it's very true. It is. It's a good lesson that, you know, um, I always think about it for me. Residency was a good a good, you know, analogy for that. Like the three years that I spent in in residency were very difficult. My hours were incredibly long and I was not doing the thing I wanted to do with my I mean, I was being a physician, certainly. And there were good times. I'm not going to complain. It wasn't all terrible. But if somebody said, now these three years, this is what the rest of your life is like, I would have run screaming. I mean, this is not, <laughs> you know, that, that this is certainly not what I wanted for all time. Um, but I, it was worth it. I'm glad I did it. And it was all putting it all that time and effort and like for the long term gain. Obviously, I don't regret a second of it. So, yeah. But I think it's important to be able to know that and have that kind of perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because that's all of life. Everything gets better if you put in the hard work and the front end. Everyone's got to start somewhere. But, you know, sisters, uh, even though we've referenced this as a job several times, this doesn't feel like a job for me. <laughs> no. Aww. <laughs> Riley, Riley's noise. Does it feel face. like a job to you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well. It only feels like a job when I get home from school and have to actually put it together. Okay, fair. Okay. <laughs> Well, spending time with you all is not work at all. No. And and I, I love that we get to do this. And Riley, if this is part of, you know, if something like this is part of your future career goal, I think that's a great direction to go because this, this makes me very happy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think you're pretty good at it too, Riley. I think yeah. I think you could. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks. I think you're. I think you're pretty good at it too. I I'm think just you're saying, both great. You know, I think you got some potential in this. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Stick with it, kid. You're one places. <laughs> I am there. Well, well, thank you all. Thank you, sisters, for joining me again. You're welcome. And um, laughing about my experience as a hostess. Intro butts. <laughs> I have to go intro butts. I have to go back to my. Um, to my boat where I live. <laughs> so. Sydney does live on a boat, actually. We've been keeping the secret from all of you. Sydney's metaphorical boat of insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> that prohibits me from letting down the manager at the restaurant where I wanted to quit my job. Oh, uh, thank you for everybody who listens to our show. You can join our Facebook group, Still Buffering on Facebook. Uh, you can tweet at us at Still Buff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org if you have thoughts, comments, suggestions. You can, uh, if you would like to send a message to somebody that you care about or or like or just are friends, whatever. You don't yeah. have to put a label on it. Uh, <laughs> you can go to maximumfun.org <laughs> forward slash jumbotron and we will send a nice message to someone. Um, I've sung before. We've rapped before. Taylor's written songs before. I wrote a song. I like that. I, I put fun. that out there and that no, nobody ever asked that again. Oh. <laughs> It's okay. Taylor no one ever asked you. me to rap Hamilton again either. <laughs> Taylor true. will write you a personalized birthday song, and Riley will Riley just raps Hamilton anytime. Yeah. So like you don't yeah. have to. You don't even really have to prompt her. No. Uh, and uh, while you're at maximumfun.org, check out a lot of other wonderful podcasts on our network. Uh, thank you also to the novellas for our theme song, "Baby, You Change Your Mind." This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy, and I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I was two. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
was creepy. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.